coaches. There is a way to increase your impact without becoming a slave to your business. This is Purpose to Profit, where we talk to top industry experts, coaches, and clients about their strategies that will help you do less and make more. And now, here's your hosts. Hey guys, I'm Adam Marquart. What's up everyone? Sandra Garcia here. Today we have with us Allison and Derek with Polygon Market. Allison embarked on the unconventional journey to create and cultivate Polygon Market long before it was established in 2014. After she and her husband Derek married in 2017, they took the leap to become a full-time family partnership. With several years of experience and infinite resources in brand marketing and business strategy and visual design, they have brought together a fierce community of talented professionals providing brands with the power of an agency and supporting businesses of all sizes and from all over. I'm excited to bring on Derek and Allison today to share with you insight on how to build an authentic brand to help you thrive. Thank you for having us. Allison, <laughs> what was the thing that kind of started you on this journey? It's kind of funny, that question. You know, I like I was telling Sandra before, my brain kind of explodes because I feel like I've been doing this my whole life, essentially. Like I've always marched the beat in my own drum. I've always wanted to create and just be a creator and kind of express myself through creativity, whatever that is. And I think even when I graduated from college and I came back to my hometown and worked in a restaurant, I was always freelancing or trying to find a way to get the restaurant to hire me to do graphic design or marketing campaign. And I think that kind of slowly started to become something more. Like I realized, okay, I could probably create something out of this. And I just had things along the way, I think, that helped solidify getting onto that path. You know, one of my regulars at the restaurant actually hired me to do a consultation for Facebook marketing. And I was so blown away that this man wanted to pay me $100 an hour and take me to lunch to pick my brain about it. And I think that's what kind of like sparked everything. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. So Allison, from the time that you started Polygon Market in 2014, and from the time that Derek came on board, what happened in that period? And what was the catalyst for you, Derek, after that made you decide to take that leap of faith? I worked really hard for however long that was, the four years, um, just learning as much as I could. I was in, I kind of like got into the entrepreneurship world when I started seeking that. You know, I was, I was looking for an out from my, my kind of first big girl job, quote unquote. And during that four years until Derek jumped on board. I mean, I never know what, like I didn't know what I was doing. And so it took me just so many years of failing over and over and over again, figuring out how to work with clients, what my services actually are, who to work with. And, and it was just this uphill climb <laughs> and things really changed for me the moment Derek and I decided to join forces. And he's got a different take on, on how that even began, but I was growing. I was just steadily growing and something just sparked in him. And that's when everything changed. Yeah. And I, I can jump in here. So like the catalyst of me kind of switching my entire life's path was, I mean, I'll start kind of from the beginning and, and make it quick. So I'm, I was a competitive athlete. I went to, I played baseball in college. 
I'm very competitively driven. And so I knew when I started my career, I needed something to kind of help me along that path where I could compete. And I found out that sales was perfect for that. And uh, I worked in construction for a long time. I was a project consultant for a paving concrete maintenance company. It was great because there was a scoreboard. I could always come in on Monday each week, know exactly where I was. If I was down, I knew I had to push harder. If I was up top, I could kind of feel some happiness about that. And the funny part was, is that I started making money, like, you know, decent money. And I thought that's kind of what I always wanted. And, you know, I thought that was going to kind of be very um, satisfying. And on one hand it was, but at the second, on the second piece, I was pretty unhappy about it. I was working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week up at five in the morning, driving thousand miles a week, just from job site to job site. And I kind of realized like, okay, I like the selling portion of it, but I'm not happy with what I'm selling. And uh, when Allison's business started to ramp up, I probably through the course of like three or four months before I quit was just like talking it over with myself. How can I, what can I do to kind of like do something that I like, but in a passionate industry. And when Allison started, her business started kind of building, I was like, shoot, I better jump on board. And uh, I can take all the skills that I've learned over the course of my 10 year career prior to that and kind of move it into this new business. And, uh, to be honest, like right when we started back in like, I guess it'd be sort of December, more January 1st, 2018, like we kind of just hit the ground running and it hasn't stopped since. It's been really, really exciting. That's awesome. I love hearing that. And I think that one of the things that I love about y'all story is the way that you kind of teamed up forces and each have like the complementary aspects of like you run in this lane and you run in this lane and it's clear for both of you, but it's things that the business needs but you both are in your respective lanes and, and that's what works. What has been the hardest thing about working together? I can take this one, Sug, if you want. Sorry, <laughs> I have some like, comments I, as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably go back and forth on this one. But I think, <laughs> I think the funnest part, but also the most difficult part is that, you know, Allison being a creative and me being more analytical brained and our brains think differently. And, you know, we have ideas every month, we kind of put a brainstorm session together on like where we're going with the business, you know, what, what does this upcoming month have for us? What are our opportunities? And, you know, we tend to think very differently, not like complete opposite sides of the spectrum, but like, we do have different ideas and how we actually can execute those ideas. And so sometimes these brainstorm sessions can strum up some emotions that we're not always in full control of, but it always leads to the better answer. And so instead of having two people kind of running together side by side and just agreeing with everything, we're able to kind of bounce things off each other and go like, no, nah, I don't think so. Or yeah, that's great. But it always brings us to the best possible answer. And that's been the exciting part of you know these last 10, 11 months. There was something that you had mentioned even before, like what, before we kind of got together. And I wanted to say that I had always been kind of seeking a partner of sorts. Like I know that I, you know, I knew I was capable of doing everything on my own, but I just really, for what I envisioned for the future, wanted a solid partner. And I went through a few and it was such a journey. And I went that moment when Derek decided and kind of presented me with his case, like, look, I think I want to quit my job and I want to come work for you. I was like, jackpot. <laughs> Because even though we are both very, very different, I think I knew he had the skills that I really, really needed to propel the business forward because he is so business-minded and I am so creative and I stay, I really love to stay in that creative space. I almost knew I needed somebody who was just as invested as I was in the business. And the most difficult part, I think, for us in the beginning was adjusting to 
essentially, you know, he was in sales. So he's kind of his own boss and I've been my own boss. So it's like two bosses coming together and like figuring out who's in charge of what and like how we can kind of dance our way through this without stepping on anyone's toes, but at the same time, challenging one another. And it's kind of funny because I'm a Scorpio and he's a Leo (laughs) (laughs) and we have very strong personalities and we're both very, very stubborn and kind of like set in what we're doing, but it's kind of worked because I am that creative. So I stay up really, really late and he gets up really, really early. And it's kind of been, it was the hardest adjustment, but probably also the most fun, like you had said. See, and I think that what I love that you guys said, because I know that there's a lot of different people listening in a lot of different um, positions in their business, whether they're the only one or whether they've got a team around them and under them. I think what's important, Allison, is that you noticed what one of the biggest catalysts for growth would be. And it was the area that you necessarily weren't that great in or that you didn't want to necessarily spend the majority of your time in, but you knew that it was valuable and you knew that it had to get done. And so for you, you saw the opportunity as far as, look, if we want to grow beyond where we are right now, we need this component. Now for you, you just were lucky enough to be married to it. But for anybody <laughs> listening, you know, you, you have to look and identify, and, and it might not be a partner, it might not be a person, but it might be a thing or an investment or, you know, something that is going to set you up for success. That's going to be the catalyst for your growth. So I love that. Yeah. I was going to say even like delegating, you know, has been such a huge thing, but identifying those pieces because I realized I'm good at A, B, and C. I don't need to be good at A through Z. And if I am trying to be good at everything, that's just so much time. I am not wasting, you know what I mean? But that's so much time I'm spending on items that I don't, I'm not necessarily an expert in. And i I would definitely say that that's a huge component is whether that's finding a partner or not finding a partner, figuring out ways that you can take those items off your plate, you know, especially like marketing, because a lot of people ask, you know, what are the benefits of hiring outside people for marketing or branding? And it's like, because you don't do that. And now you have somebody who can come in and really just take care of it for you, you know? Right. And not having to expend your energy on things that don't come naturally easily or you're not passionate about giving it to someone who is, right? Mm-hmm, right. And so mm-hmm. it's funny hearing you say that. I think about Adam and I and how when we met, our visions were so aligned and we're very yin and yang energy like you guys described. And I'm the dreamer and he's the doer. He's a great mm-hmm. creative problem solver, but I'm definitely head in the clouds and he's like <laughs> feet on the ground. And so I was actually playing with Allison the other day, I've had the pleasure of not only working with Allison as a client and as a coach. So they built a website for me as a dream architect. And I coached Derek and Allison over a three-month period. And we built solid, solid framework for the empire and the creative collective that they're running. And every time I left, I would feel this like surge of inspiration because they're passionate about what they do and and connecting with people that are like-minded or that are heart-based or that are fueled by their passions just creates so much magic. So I can't talk about that enough, but just recently we were having a conversation and I told her, you know, this is why I need a a business partner. Adam and I's calls will be, what's your win for the day? And his win will be, I closed a $20,000 deal. And my win will be like, a butterfly landed on me. (laughs) And so that balance, right? Um, of of running its purpose to profit, right? Mm -hmm. We deserve to get paid to do what we love and we're passionate about. Without that profit, we can't continue to pursue our purpose work. Mm -hmm. 
so having those two components are critical and that's yeah. what I'm hearing in, in you guys. Yeah. And if I could kiss your butt a little bit here, Sandra, like we really, <laughs> please do. Uh, <laughs> Ever So we started, we did coaching, I believe it was like April through July or something like that with you. And I have to say our business really took off when that all started. And I was in a, it was sort of this urgency and, you know, where's the next job coming from? And there was a lot of panic going on. And Sandra was able to kind of help me understand like the abundance that's out there, right? It's uh, how many opportunities are available to us on a day-to-day basis and why like the worry doesn't always have to be there. And we started kind of um, manifesting all these new things just from positive thinking. And I have to say, Sandra, that was a huge thing for me. We worked together one-on-one quite a few times. And you know, you saw some of that stuff in me. And uh, it really helped me overcome a lot of those fears that I had. And my stress levels have gone down. And, you know, things have just been coming to us and we're attracting the people that we want to work with. And that's, I think I can thank you because I think you helped us get to that point. Oh, thank you, Derek. I'm like (laughs) over here, like almost in tears because I, I love hearing that because it's, this is what I do it for. And to be able to work with people that you feel alignment with, that you Mm -hmm. believe in, that you see their potential and to just be able to hold up a mirror and help them live the lives that they deserve is everything. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to (laughs) on the other end witness your transformation and I won't believe, I won't work with people that I don't believe. Mm. And that's important. So I know that the work that you guys are doing is incredible and life-changing and you're basically bringing ideas and concepts and you're you're sprouting life everywhere you go and you're connecting like-minded individuals to co-create all of this and to build that community and to build that army of purpose-driven people that are creative and that are making shit happen in this world so thank you for that I think that's awesome. And to Derek's point, like just thinking about the words that he used of, of how he used to worry and stuff, you know, I think that sometimes a lot of people will get caught up in the scarcity mindset. And when you are in a scarcity mindset, you're actually limiting your resourcefulness. Yes. And I think that there's a lot to be said about shifting that because when you're worrying, you're actually, <laughs> you have the illusion that you're controlling something. And it's actually limiting you and all of the infinite possibilities that are out there. And so once you can kind of reframe and shift that, you know, I think that there are things that begin to line up, doors that begin to open, you know, you start to see things differently, you start to be more resourceful, you start to align yourself with, you know, this is who I want to work with instead of this is who I have to work with because it's the next client or this is what's going to pay the bill. So you find yourself more aligned, you know, you find yourself happier, you find yourself more fulfilled because it's what you want. And I kind of always joke with people, it's like not all money is equal. And people look at me crazy when I say that, but it's like I have worked with enough bad clients to know what I do and don't want. And I think that to your point, when you start approaching things from an abundant mindset and say, you know what, do I feel alignment with this person? Do I want to work with them? That's when you have the opportunity to kind of begin to thrive. Right. No, I I completely agree with that. And I think it's actually helped us with our referral business as well. Because, you know, I handle all most of the business facing when it comes to our business. And there's people that I don't always get the best vibes from right away. I'm like, "Eh, this might not work. But, you know, I'm in a position now where we have time to kind of not always use your first instinct, right? And so I met with a few people that I had second thoughts about and gave them, you know, the extra 10, 15 minutes they may have deserved. 
and things have turned out great. And then there's also times where I'm like, I have a great feeling and it turns out and it's not so great. But the idea is we go in with the same mindset and it's actually helped because a lot of the people that we don't end up working with actually refer us to friends of theirs and we end up working with them. So it's really helped us in all facets of the business and just being more, I think, just listening. Because when you get into that scarcity mindset, you start forcing stuff on people and you stop listening. And that's one of the biggest sales things I ever learned was just like, it should be like this 80-20 rule. It's like, you're more there to help them. You're not there to you know, push add-on sales and you know that kind of crap. So it's been really helpful just to like fix our mindset and go in and go like, look, there's plenty out there. Just because we don't get this one job, it's not the end of the world. And that's been that's been a huge lesson for me at least. And I know Allison's been kind of on there too. So it's been it's been very helpful. Yeah, that's huge. And I've been listening to you guys this entire time. Mm -hmm. And what I've been hearing is both of you guys have taken massive action in your life in order to align you to your passions. And from the uphill battle that you were talking about, Sue, the ups and downs and doing it on your own and Derek leaving a cushy job to pursue something that was more purpose-driven, I'm wondering like, what's under that? Like, What's been fueling this fire that you guys have? Anything that's creative has pushed me, you know, like I love music. I love a really great movie. I love a good book and I love watching people create. So I've always had my hands in multiple things. Even when I was a kid, like I was so crazy. <laughs> I'd be like, today I'm doing art. And then an hour later, I'd be like, I'm over it. I'm going to start designing dresses for my Barbies. Like, and then I'd be like, now I'm going to paint, you know? So I just was always, always doing things. And I think I've just listened to myself and kept going on that path. Like, okay, I want to create websites and I want to teach myself how to create websites. Okay. Well now I can do this for other people and like help them showcase their brand. I want to do logos. I love logos, you know? And it's just, the more I listened to myself, that's kind of how I got onto this path of starting Polygon Market. I was like, I want to do it all. I want to provide everything for everybody because I really enjoy helping to showcase others' passions. Yeah. I can jump in here too. I mean, I know it was really difficult back in my previous job because I was selling a product that people didn't want to spend money on. I was doing parking lot and you know paving concrete maintenance. So it was always something that like they would get flagged by the city or something. They're like, crap, I got to spend 10,000 bucks on this parking lot or whatever it was. And it was really, there was no sort of... Uh, the satisfaction wasn't there, right? Because it was always just like something to check off the list. And it's been really fun these past 12 months selling a product that people are excited about and something we can help build their vision. I mean, we, it happened yesterday. We revealed the website that we've been building for this client of ours. And just the look on his face when we showed it to him, it was so satisfying to go like, hey, this is what, I, this is what he had in his head. This is what he shared with us. Here's the delivered product. And he was so thrilled. And you know, there's nothing that can really beat that feeling. And uh, just that moment alone has been um, just this complete 180 from what I used to do. And for that, I mean, I can't ask for anything more than that. I think at the same time, you know, obviously I love being creative, but like exactly what you said, Derek, the other side of it is that the, our collective, you know, the people that we hire to take on some of these jobs as well, it's really fun to give other people projects that they're inspired by. I mean, I used to do everything. Like I said, I learned how to do websites. I learned how to design logos. I learned how to do marketing and have just spent all my time kind of like what I had said earlier in our conversation, 
I spent so much time trying to be an expert in everything. And then I realized, oh my God, like this really good friend of mine is amazing at design or this other good friend of mine is a fantastic photographer. And we kind of just joined forces and now we're able to go out there and get these awesome projects and pass that along. So it's like the feeling just kind of extends and like keeps on growing from there because we're able to assemble these teams and say like, hey, you want this project? I think it's going to be really, really cool. Our vendors get excited. I get to still have my hands and my vision on the project and then we deliver to the client and they're just, you know, over the moon. That's awesome. So I know from both this previous conversations that we've had that you guys have helped businesses of all sizes. And so for anybody listening today, I would love from both of y'all's perspective, like what do you think like one of the number one mistakes people make in regards to either marketing or their brand? Yeah, so the brand component, I would say one of the biggest mistakes is underestimating the power of it or kind of disregarding it because it is such a powerful tool. At the same time, really getting to know yourself as a business and and even as the business owner and kind of clarifying your message before proceeding. And that's why we care so much about branding in relation to marketing because I think it's so important to have a really strong message, but be cohesive, consistent, and make sure your audience knows what you're trying to say. I think it's mm. everybody understands that being on these platforms is really important, but it's not enough to just be there as well. I think it's good if you're there, but just those little tiny things like making sure you're consistent, making sure you look the same, you know, across the board, things like that. I would say that's why some people say it's not working for me. Marketing's not working. I tried it. It's not working. Or even like playing the long game as well. Understanding that while you're trying to maintain that consistency, it's going to take time to grow your audience as well. Yeah. I also think I tend to harken back to this quote quite often, but I think it really resonates. It's uh, an old sales coach from, I think back in like the early fifties and sixties, something like that. But his name is Zig Ziglar. And he uses the quote, people don't buy for logical reasons. They buy for emotional reasons. And that really resonates with the branding ideas because the emotional component comes from the brand. I mean, you got Nike, Adidas, Reebok, you know, all these different shoe companies, they're not making anything that's that much more revolutionary than the other, but people love Nike because the brand, you know, because that's something that they've seen, they recognize that they have a feeling towards it. And that's why they've been the top shoe company for, you know, who knows how long, but you can use that throughout all different industries. It's like, when it comes to Amazon now, you, there's so many different products and they all come from different businesses. You tend to buy the ones that you're familiar with and that you follow their social media, whatever it is. And so the brand really comes into place is when you're getting that emotional component into your customers. Think about the coffee shops down the street. There's so many local coffee shops and I hit them up like throughout the week, but I kind of pick which ones I want to go to. And you know, there's like the one that has the cyclists and that, that's their kind of market. And then there's the one that has the hipsters. And I would say like, if there's some sort of audience that's kind of gravitating towards you, listen to that as well. Embrace it. Right. I love that. I love that. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's true. But it also is one of the most difficult things to cultivate as well. Like, especially, I mean, I can't tell you how many customers we talk to and we're like, okay, who are you as a business? And they can't give you a simple straight answer. It's just one of those things where you have to really digest it and understand it. Otherwise, it's not going to be as official or as um, as real. And right. consumers can see right through that. And so it's you have to have a clear mission statement, a clear idea of who you are and who you want to be. And 
that's just going to elevate your brand to the next level. And that's the stuff that Allison and I love. I mean, you see a whiteboard behind us, but that's, this is what we love to do. We just brainstorm it out and really define what these people are and how we can go find people that would agree with that same principle. Right, right. And I was just kidding about Nike, just do it. But it's true. That's something that I'll never forget. That's a slogan that I think about and I associate whether I'm consciously thinking about it or not. Mm. And like, I think about Polygon Market and I think about light bulb moment. So even though like I'm not bombarded right with your feed every five minutes, if I have a good idea, I'm like, oh, I just had a light bulb moment. And I associate that with you guys. That's not something I'm consciously connecting the dots to, but it's, that's what the power of a brand identity that evokes emotion that's a reflection of who you are can do. We love so, that. So on that same topic, you shared the number one mistake. What would be three tips for the people that are listening that are wanting to create and cultivate a brand or a culture around who they are and to evoke that emotion and for it to be in alignment with their values, what would you tell them? Yeah, I got a good one off the bat. Uh, slow down to speed up. I think a lot of the times when people have these businesses that they're running and things start to pick up, you kind of, whatever your internal stuff happens, it tends to get put on the back burner. And I think if you want to move forward in the right way and not let your customers kind of dictate who you are as a business, you have to be able to take a day and go like, okay, today is only Polygon work. And we're going to turn off our phones, we're going to turn off the emails. And we really just need to hearken in on what we want to do here and where we want to push this business. Because it gets difficult. If things get busy, you get you know onboarded with a bunch of projects. All that stuff can get easily get pushed to the wayside. So being able to slow down, understand who you are, who you want the business to be, who you want to go after as new clients, whatever it is, you have to slow down to be able to do that stuff. And in the end, you'll actually be rewarded with future clientele that you're attracting and that sort of thing. That's kind of what I'm going with. Yeah. Usually I feel like when we're doing a big brainstorm session like that, well, first of all, yeah, we have to plot out our days and there's non-negotiables on the days that we decide we're working on internal stuff because it's just as important as our client stuff. And so we end up putting everything, like dumping everything out on the whiteboard and then prioritizing it. And sometimes things get eliminated too throughout that process because your focus kind of gets a little more lasered in. So being able to kind of like take everything and focus on your big goal, but then also within that, you know, prioritize that list. And another thing, as cheesy as it sounds, I would say loving what you do or doing what you love, that has carried me throughout this entire journey. And the only thing that I would kind of piggyback onto that is figure out how to make money or scale what you love. And I think that's a good thing to listen to, you know, is like, as, as long as you're staying within your passion, you're going to be okay. But at the same time on a business mindset wise, you should be figuring out also how you can capitalize on or really make money on what you're passionate about. That's awesome. Is that two or three? <laughs> <laughs> how many was that? <laughs> that was two, but man, I don't know if you can follow up that one. That was pretty good. <laughs> I have one more and I'll keep it short. And Do it. Uh, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I listen to your clients. You know, like they'll tell you what you want. They'll tell you what they need. A lot of people in sales and people who are, you know, have a quota to fill, they tend to have an agenda. Sometimes you can turn people off while using that. And um, I think the best lesson I ever had, I had a great sales coach back in my old company. And he was like, just listen, they'll tell you exactly what they want. And then when you do listen, they like you that much more because they don't always get that kind of, you know, respect and attention. So 
listening is something that's key in any sort of business. I agree a hundred percent. And something that Allison, you had said that just kind of, I want to come back to because I I'm curious. So I'm sure that there's people listening who are curious as well. What does it mean to build an authentic brand? Because I think that there's a difference between quote unquote, having your brand where you've got, you know, your logo in this cute little color scheme versus actually having an authentic brand. I think that staying true to yourself is huge. And so when you kind of break down things like, you know, your mission statement or your manifesto, those are very important pieces to your business because they're speaking to the message or the promise that you're making to your audience or your clients. And as long as you're staying true to yourself, that's where the authenticity comes in because there's so many ways to get kind of thrown off and maybe even discouraged by all the other companies or coaches or brands that are out there that might be killing it on the surface. But if they're killing it, that means they're sticking true to their own message. But people are different. You know, brands are different. That's kind of where the whole idea behind Polygon came from is everybody takes different shape. Every brand has a different shape. And it's more so staying true to yourself as a brand, like, you know, outside of just the logo and making sure that you're connecting authentically with your audience, listening, like Derek had said, things like that, that'll go a long way for building the audience that's going to be in alignment with what you want. Absolutely. And I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I think that the thing that you said that was really interesting was that, well, first off that you said, you know, the ones who look like they're killing it on the surface. And I think that's funny because I think that there are a lot of people out there who might paint a different picture than what is really going on. Um, so don't ever that. What do you mean? That's what everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> you got your, your Lambo that you rented and your Airbnb yeah. for the weekend. But I think that, so one, you know, Sandra and I kind of always joke that comparison when, I mean, we don't joke, we say that comparison is the thief of joy. So you don't oh, know yeah where someone truly is or what it took for them to get there. So don't ever compare yourself to where they are. But on the note of the authenticity of the brand, I think that that's also something to consider is sometimes people get so lost or caught up in, in thinking of how they want to shape it because of maybe their influences or what they believe it has to be. But it's not until you start to have a brand that truly reflects who you are or who you want to appeal to that I think that you can really start stepping into that because you're not going to be everything to everyone. And so when your brand can be in alignment with, you know, who you are or who the voice that you want to have is like, I think that those are important pieces to consider because, you know, when you are aligned with your true authentic self and your true authentic brand, I think that that's when you can really step in and step up and start to thrive. Absolutely. I think the authenticity part, like if the brand is in alignment, the branding can also do, you know, a portion of the selling for you because they're going to come find you. They're going to kind of, they're either going to resonate with you or they're not. And you almost want that sort of reaction. You want the people that are really in alignment, agree with what you're saying, agreeing with the message that you're putting out to come across before you even speak with me. And, you know, I will reinforce that, but you want that idea to come across before there's even a conversation to be had. And that's like, that's the key to all this stuff. And that's what we love about doing the brainstorms about our own business. And when we do get those projects where we're building a brand for a new business or a business that's rebranding, these are some of the funnest things that we get to do. And that's what keeps us going every day. It's just everything's always different, always changing and looking at things from different angles and so on and so forth. So it's a lot of fun. I love that. And I'm just thinking, thinking about it being like a, a package, right? Like you're essentially calling them out by name when they can feel you before they even hear you. 
there's an automatic like alignment that happens. And like you said, it's almost like you're, it's a pre-qualification stage where your brand is so bold that it's going to right off the bat eliminate anyone who's not in alignment with it. And that's okay. You're not for everyone. There's somebody for everyone, but you might not be that someone. And so that's important for sure. Yes. hundred percent agree. So where you're at in your business today from where you started, like what's one thing that you'd say you do pretty consistently, and I'll ask both of you separately, pretty consistently that adds to your like overall success? For me, I would say, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time and only up until recently have I incorporated this element of self-care and self-love. And that has been a game changer for me. I meditate every day now. And that was something that I like dreamed about doing a couple of years ago. Like, I hope that one day I get to meditate every day. Like how ridiculous is that? And now I do. And I actually am way more productive. I have time to clear my mind and come back and feel refreshed to work on other people's projects. Like it seems so simple, you know, take care of yourself. And then you're able to kind of like give the energy and time to other people. It really, that's been my one thing that I need every day. Mm -hmm. I guess for me, there's two things that I do every single day that I didn't get to do before my previous position. But one would be, I usually give myself an hour every morning to have my coffee and just kind of prep for the day to come. And uh, before I was out the door early, you know, it was always drive, pick up the coffee on the way you know, commute, all that sort of stuff. So I never really had a lot of me time. But now I make sure to give myself an hour every morning to have my coffee sort of prep for the day. And it sort of, you know, helps me get into more of that mindset instead of just like hopping right on my computer every morning or going straight to Instagram or whatever it is. And then in the evenings, Allison does the meditating. I struggle with meditating a little bit just because my brain just goes wild and I probably should work on it. But my own form of meditation is I usually try and play my guitar for like 30 minutes each night. It kind of gets me out of business mindset, you know, as a, as a business owner, and you guys will know this, it's sort of on your mind always. Um, and even talking with friends, it's kind of hard, like people who don't own their own business, they're like, can we stop talking about your damn business, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's always there. And so the guitar kind of helps me get away from that. And uh, so if I give myself like 20, 30 minutes a night, it usually helps me kind of decompress and, you know, slow the mind down and then also just kind of prep for bed. So I'm not, my brain's not racing when I actually get into my own bed. So those are my two things. I think that that is a, uh, <laughs> a common theme between those who have the uh, entrepreneurial mind. It's, it's like you've got that curse of never being able to shut it off. And I, I literally just did a video on my personal Facebook timeline that I posted a few weeks ago or a few days ago, I guess. And um, I was literally thinking about that right after I did the video, because I'm talking about like how being a high performer, I mean, it's, it is a blessing, but it can also be a curse because there is no off button. And mm -hmm. it's that constant, like your brain is always just going. So I can definitely relate to that. And, and I think it is awesome that you, you know, find kind of peace with the guitar because meditation doesn't have to look and feel the same for everyone. And that's, what's great about it is, it, you know, you found your escape and she's found hers and, you know, everybody has the opportunity to make it look however you want. I remember Sandra and I were talking one time and I was just talking about drawing and how like, I love like the peacefulness of when I draw. She's like, Oh, so it's like meditating. I'm like, I've actually never <laughs> thought of it like that. Yeah. So for everybody, it can be different. Mm hmm. It's really, it's helped me immensely. And I know Allison's been, um, it's really helped her 
I remember in the beginning, she'd be like, I need an hour. And I'm like, an hour? <laughs> what do you need so much time for? We got stuff to do. But uh, like, and then I kept after, pushing it. I was like, now I need two hours. <laughs> yeah. But now, now I actually see her like she'll go into her room. She'll do her thing. She'll be like, don't bother me. Don't text me. I'll come out when I'm done. But she gets right to work when it's done. And I can tell her productivity goes up. And so I think it has a lot to do with what I said earlier about like slowing down to speed up. You know, it's easier to kind of slow down, collect your thoughts and then get back into it rather than just rushing from one thing to the next. And the quality gets there is, is always there too. I love that. So take care of yourself so you can take care of others. If you prioritize yourself, then you're making your business a priority because you're performing at such a high octane at that point that it benefits everything. You're going to be so efficient. If it would have taken you three hours to do something, you might've just cut that time by 40% because you did what you needed to do to take care of yourself and fill your cup. And I'm just going to throw something in here because for the sake of time, I'm not going to go on this whole rant, but I love just what both of you guys said, because I think that there is so much importance, like society has given us this stigma around the word selfish, but like Sandra said, like help yourself so you can help others. I'm a firm believer of being selfish. So then you can be selfless, right? I think that they, they go hand in hand and it's like, how can you pour from an empty cup unless you ever fill yours back up? And so it's so important to take care of yourself first. I mean, there's literally a reason why when you're on an airplane, they say, put on your oxygen mask first, because if you don't have oxygen, you can't help other people. So I just want to make a huge, huge note to anybody listening right now, make sure that whatever you are doing, that you are slowing down to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. I can't agree more. And I think, I think it was actually, <laughs> I think it was um, something that a lot of people in just the daily grind, you know, the nine to five, they get away from that stuff and they, cause they don't have time to do it or they don't make time to do it. And it's, you see when these people are looking forward to Saturdays and, you know, their weekend is their one time. It's like, I, I was that person and, you know, for a long time and I would look forward to those weekends, but now it's just like another day. And I think it's because we're taking care of ourselves and we're lucky enough to be able to do what we're passionate about. And so as cheesy as it sounds, you know, you never work a day of your life if you're passionate about what you do. And, you know, we have that luxury right now. And so our goal is to keep that going as long as we can because, you know, we really do enjoy what we do. Yes. Yes. That is the key to eternal youth. Love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I guess I wanted to wrap this up, but that was a really powerful statement that you just made. If you had to leave the listeners with the best piece of advice you've ever received, whether it's for business or for life, branding, whatever comes top of mind, what would it be? I'm a big Gary Vee guy. And one thing he's helped me with that I struggled with for a long time was he's like, just don't listen to what other people say about you. Don't care about what other people say about you. And it frees up so much anxiety that that can kind of bring you. And if anybody follows him on Instagram, you'll see this like almost a, as a daily occurrence, you know, he interviews his fans and things like that. And it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's not as easy as it sounds too, because we're always affected by these things. And we live in this social media world where we're constantly getting content thrown at us where these people are influencers and they live these grand lives and we're, it's hard not to compare yourself to that. But if you kind of black that part out, it frees you up to kind of do what you really like and not worry about what other people are going to say about you. And that's something that is a constant struggle, but I think it's something that's really, really helpful, just not only in business, but just in life in general. I would say, actually, it's something that Sandra told me. I think you said... 
what's the point of climbing the mountain if you can't take like take a moment to stop and look at the view? And that is something really huge that resonated with me because, you know, like there's so many other quotes that you like, don't be afraid of failure and like, just do it, you know, but that one in particular, because if you are loving what you do, then it's important to be able to enjoy why you're doing what you're doing. And there's so much pressure, like we had said, you know, like from society telling you that you have to like be on all the time, especially living in America. It's just always go, go, go. And kind of back to self-care, but more so understanding like and revisiting like the parts, like the reasons why you started, the parts of you that really love what you're doing and why you love what you're doing. If you don't have time to stop and take a break for a second or go to the beach for the day just because you just wanted to, you know, it's like, why, why are you even doing what you're doing? I think being at peace with that or letting yourself feel at peace with that is important. That's amazing. So forget what people think and do what you love and don't forget to stop and enjoy the view. (laughs) Awesome. Guys, this has been an absolute, absolute pleasure. If anyone wants to hear more of you or interested in your branding, marketing expertise, then where could they find you? www.polygonmarket.com. Bam! <laughs> you can also follow us. Follow us on Instagram, Polygon yeah. Market. <laughs> awesome. We're we will on Facebook as well. Both of those links in the show notes, as well as uh, some more information for you guys to be able to follow Derek and Allison on their journey. Thank you for having us, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, Thanks. guys. We'll talk soon. All righty. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you could be anywhere doing anything, but I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to spend your time with us. We hope that there were some valuable pieces that you took away from this. If you want to catch more of our episodes, then go right now and subscribe. And remember, wherever you are on your journey, keep going and never quit.